We cross now to Ireland and welcome Simon Lewis from the Irish Examiner, the Chief Rugby Correspondent to the show. Good morning, Simon. How are you doing? I'm very well, thanks. How are you? Yeah, good, thank you. Uh, of course, uh, interested in your part of the world at the moment because uh, the uh, Izzy's old team, the Crusaders, are over there and uh, just wrapped up a match uh, with Munster, a game that uh, went to the wire, didn't it? Uh, you, you wrote the match report, you were there for this game. Uh, what did you make of it, given that, I guess, one team's pre-season, one team's kind of middle of their season? Is that how it looked? Yeah, I don't know if... Um... <clears throat> You'd look at it as a statement of, you know, which which league's better than the other or which competition's stronger. Two very different styles, two teams, as you say, as very different stages of their their seasons. Um, Crusaders, obviously, in pre-season under a new coach. Um, Munster not having the best of seasons despite winning the URC title last, mm. last summer. So, uh, summer up here anyway. Um, so, yeah, um, but it was a great contest. And it, as you say, it went down to the wire, just a, a, a misconversion between the two teams. And um, it was a, it was more of an occasion than a, than an exercise in, for deep analysis, if you like. It was a hell of an occasion, um, Simon. We appreciate you coming on the show. The occasion, has it set, it up, set us up for a future potentially of seeing more of these matches? I loved it, absolutely. I know the fan base loved it too. 41,000 sold out at... At Cork and Cork, yeah, and I mean significant as well because it's the home of the of Cork GAA, the the hurling and Gaelic football team, not mm. previously like um, accommodating to other codes, but um, this is the second time Munster have played in Cork, which is the largest city in Munster, but it's not their traditional hotbed. Their the traditional home of is Thoman Park in Limerick, uh, sort of ninety kilometres up the road, so. Yeah, um, the the biggest population base doesn't often get the biggest games, unfortunately. Um, but uh, this this was a, a great opportunity. And, and look, uh, Graham Roundtree, the Munster head coach, said he'd be open to 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 coming down to you guys and and playing in Christchurch or, or wherever, you know. So um, it looks as if the two coaching teams at least have um, forged a relationship. They all went out for dinner together in Cork on uh, Friday night before on the eve of the game. And uh, Rob Penny obviously has Munster connections himself. So, uh, yeah, there's definitely a relationship burgeoning between the two uh, franchises, if you like. Speaking of relationships, what about the relationship of Joey Carberry and our very own Alex Nankerville? Have you been impressed with that? How are they tracking? It's particularly Joey Carberry. Well, Joey Carberry, obviously, is now he's had his problems um, mm. with injury. I think we've uh, just just lost uh, just lost Simon there. He's kind of just dropped out of the WhatsApp, but uh, mm. Robbie will work on getting him back. But yeah, is he? I mean, that's the thing, Joey Carberry. You, you yep. light a fire under that bloke because mm. Sexton retires, and then they go to someone else again. When you thought he yeah. was the man in waiting, right? Yeah, he's had a lot of injuries uh, as of late, so that's probably been his only downside. Have we got Simon back? Yeah, oh, yeah, I can hear you. Yep, there we go. Simon's back. Sorry, yes. Simon, you lost. We lost you there for a second. Apologies for that. I was, I was just saying, Joey's um, on his last lap for Munster now. He's going to Bordeaux in in the summer, um, but he's he looked lively last night. And Alex Nankerville, um, you know, he's made a real strong impact since he joined from the Chiefs, and uh, he looks like a, a player that can 
that can be a real linchpin for Munster, especially in these windows during the Six Nations when some of the the more experienced guys are away. He's 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 he looks like a, a ready-made. I mean, he's a senior professional. Um, he's not a young gun, um, and he looks as if he can if he can be like a solid um, leader for this team when when some of the island guys are away. Just going to tech to the Six Nations here while we got here. We're going to let you sh- go shortly, but uh, the Irish were very impressive on the week, and I'm going to have to eat my hat. I thought when Johnny Sexton leaves, it's going to be a struggle for this Ireland side, but Jack Crowley gets the nod, 13 points, and guided Ireland to a famous win in Marseille, mate. What did you make of it? Oh, it was a great performance. I mean, I, uh, I was there in the velodrome on Friday night, and... Uh, yeah, there were question marks over Crowley. Um, 24, just turned 24. Um, he had a great game against Toulon last month in the Champions Cup, but there were still question marks about what, what, how he would have an impact on that side, how he would pick up the reins from Johnny Sexton. And um, he had a wobbly start as well when that first his first kick, his first tactical kick got charged down and you, you started to worry for him a small bit. Mm. But he grew into the game and grew in confidence. His first three points were in, right in front of the post. That will have helped. But, you know, he's he's a confident young man. He's a he's a he's a good operator. He's got a good head on him and he's 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 ambitious. He plays um with intent to to attack and he's not he's not a facilitator as much as a as a playmaker so i think ireland are in good shape and they he's only going to get better yeah that, i mean the thing is that they've set themselves up now haven't they the irish because that game was very much you know we were talking about it before the weekend like whoever wins this wins the six nations that's how it felt yeah and and but both sides had question marks over them after those quarterfinal defeats in the World Cup. Um, who could come back strongest? Who could get over that hangover? And and Ireland proved that in spades uh, the other night. You know, it was a uh, very impressive, and it looks all set up for back-to-back Grand Slams. But obviously, the Six Nations has a habit of uh, of uh, producing surprises, and uh, England and Scotland both won on the weekend. Um, Ireland's victory was clearly the most emphatic and impressive of those wins, but uh, but uh, yeah, it does look set up. But who knows? There's a long way to go, and it's a it's a it's a really attritional championship. There's a, a series being played at played at the moment called Whistleblowers, uh, Simon, and it's at the forefront. And there's a big concern with uh, a lot of on- online abuse towards these these referees. And, and don't get me wrong, there's no place in the game for it. But on the weekend, particularly in that Ireland game, there was a couple of moments here. Carl Dixon, Simbin, Paul Williamson, the lock after two yellow cards got upgraded to a red card. I think throughout the weekend, there was a handful of cards being given out. Is that a concern? Well, I mean, you have to offset concern for cards with concern for player welfare. And, mm-hmm. you know, uh, I, I don't think Williamson had any real cause for... Uh, for concert or or for disgruntlement over the way he was treated because they were, mm. I mean, they're acts of stupidity, really, particularly the second one, <laughs> like in terms yeah. of you've just been in the bin and uh, 15 minutes later you're off again, like for, for doing something that he, he you know, it, it's inexcusable. I think it was, it's, 
it's strange because France picked a team to do that kind of a job on on Ireland, to be physical, to be, I think Fabian Galti called it combat intensity, but there was too much intensity in that regard. So it was a strange performance from the French. I don't think they helped themselves, but um, Ireland were winning at that stage quite, you know, they were in control yep. at 17-3 and, you know, I think, well, I think we've uh, just lost him again as he just dropped off again. Uh, Simon Lewis from the Irish Examiner with us uh, talking uh, rugby, talking Six Nations and uh, obviously mm. talking that Munster Crusaders match as well. Uh, just if we can get Simon back there. Uh, yeah, Simon, I, I was just going to say, just before you, uh, before we let you go as well, uh, sad news this morning coming through about uh, the passing of Welsh great uh, Barry John. Uh, I know he's, he was probably a little bit before your time, but he, he certainly uh, had the weight of uh, of a great career behind him. Everyone knew who he was. He's he's a name synonymous with Welsh rugby. How do you think he'll be remembered? Yeah, I mean, he's he, you're right. I'm glad you you picked that up. He's a bit before my time, but um, <laughs> you know, there's there's enough fellas around in in Ireland, in Wales, and in England and Scotland with called. Uh, with sons called Barry John. Um, and I think that says a lot about the legacy he leaves. He made an impression on an entire generation. And uh, obviously those great Welsh teams of the, of the early seventies all bore his trademark and his legacy at the time. And, and that's a legacy that I think is going to live for a long while. Good stuff, Simon. I really appreciate your time uh, this morning, our time uh, this evening, your time, obviously. We'll let you go. Uh, uh, Thanks, I uh, uh, really appreciate it. And, uh, and enjoy your rugby. Enjoy Thanks, uh, the rest guys. of the Six Nations. Thanks very much. Cheers.